Welcome to Obsessed Show, a podcast that is designed to inspire, featuring some of the most creative people in the world. I'm your host, Josh Miles. Welcome to season four of Obsessed Show. You'll note that we are no longer calling it Obsessed with Design. This season, we'll still be chatting with designers from branding, illustration, architecture, and design thinking, but we'll also be talking to other makers and creatives along the way. In fact, when we started the show, the plan all along was to broaden out and talk to other guests eventually, which was part of why our website and Twitter handle and Instagram are all Obsessed Show. If you're into what we're doing here, you might also want to check out my personal branding and marketing tips called 59 Second Friday. That's over at youtube.com slash Josh Miles. That's enough about season four. Let's talk about today's episode. Today on Obsessed Show, I'm chatting with UI designer, illustrator, and co-founder of his own apparel company, Byron Elliott. Byron and I chat about the future of illustration and UI design and his take on diversity in the design field. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Byron Elliott. Okay, kids, today I'm chatting with another indie design mind, Byron Elliott, who is a UI designer at Element3 and co-founded an apparel company called Black Sheep Collective. Byron, I'm glad that we were able to last second decide to do this one in person because I was such a genius to remember you're actually in Indianapolis. <laughs> and welcome to Obsessed Show. Thank you for having me, sir. So we've had a little bit of a, of a theme here on UI and UX folks on the show lately, which I'll just tell my listeners, this is not an intentional pivot, but it's interesting to see that we have kind of a wave of, of UI people here all of a sudden. So that's yeah. been interesting. Yeah, it's... It's weird, especially here in Indianapolis. <laughs> right. So um, UI and illustration are not necessarily two skills that you always expect to find in the same person. Um, so I want to talk more about each of those and, and of course, your clothing company and everything else. But maybe to begin, tell us a little bit about how you got started in all of this and what your designer origin story is. Okay. Um well, I was bit by a radioactive uh, pen tool. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, so I've been drawing since I was like two. Um, Love illustration, you know, comic books, cartoons, anime, manga, which are just the same things, just in Japanese. And um, yeah, so that that's that was my jam pretty much most of my childhood. And I get to like my junior, senior year of, high school and I'm like so I like art I love illustration at the time I didn't see a way to make a consistent living out of illustration now I know that that's not the case yeah um, right but you know at that time that wasn't you know even on my radar so I was like so obviously I have to go to college um, if I go to college my decisions are graphic design or fine arts and at that time, like there was this giant misnomer that, you know, if you if you go to school for fine arts, you know, you're going to be a starving artist. And there's no real buffer between like either being like super poor or like maybe you're selling a painting for like a million dollars a piece. But it's going to take a super long time to get there or something like that. So um, I call myself taking the more practical route. I went to the Art Institute of Indianapolis for graphic design mm -hmm. um, shortly after that. Uh, 
I ended up at a place called Gannett, um, where I made ads um, around the clock on the, on the slave ship. <laughs> it was like I worked from 6, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then, you know, after seven months of doing that, I just kind of told myself, like, I feel like I can do better than this. And um, I just kind of threw the feelers out there and I ended up at a place called Vision 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're an interactive agency. Um, I knew nothing about UI. I didn't even know UI was a thing. Um, but that's what they were doing. Like they were doing interactive um, entities like, you know, apps and games and wall installations and, you know, um, just the whole touchscreen thing. Um, and so that was pretty much my 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 uh, boot camp of, of UI. Um, and then after that, I just kind of took two years to do some soul searching and some full-time freelance, uh, doing the whole spectrum, whole gamut mm-hmm. of illustration and branding and UI. And, uh, yeah. And eventually I end up at element three, kind of doing some of the same stuff. Nice. You know, um, vision three was one of my very first clients. So oh, really back in the day they were doing a project and they needed I think I was doing some flash stuff, <laughs> if that tells you how long ago it was. <laughs> oh, man. We should never speak of flash oh, again. Flash. But, but, uh, but yeah, did, did some work for them back in the day. So that was interesting. Um, well, maybe just to give us a little more context, um, maybe you can give our listeners an idea of what like a normal day looks like for you as far as, you know, so at element three, that's kind of your, your full-time thing. How much of your illustration and UI skills are you using there? Are, are those in concert or is it kind of mutually exclusive? Um, I would say yes and no. Um, I feel like illustration definitely helps when it comes to me just trying to flesh out an idea. Like usually like even if I'm going to, do some type of concept I'm going to sketch it out first like I'm going to do thumbnails um and then I'll take that and um do like wireframes and mock-ups um within sketch um Mm -hmm. but just kind of based off of that like I think that's just the way that my brain is wired now it's like if, if, if I want to get a thought out like physically um I have to draw it like I can't just jump into a program yeah and just make things like I have to like get the rough idea out first to see if it'll even work like visually just there first before I put mm-hmm. in the work to do it in the computer, you know? Um, and, uh, they do, um, uh, every now and then they have, um, illustration projects that they want me to work on. Um, I mean, there's a, a ton of great illustrators there already, uh, like Kevin Spawn and, and, uh, uh, Bob Ewing. Um, they're really dope. Uh, but usually, um, I think here lately I've been the one that they've been asking to do <laughs> a lot of the illustration stuff, which I, you know, I have no problem with at all. So, yeah, actually we had, um, we had Bob on the show a few years back. We'll have to, we'll link up to Bob Ewing's, uh, episode in the show notes as well. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about your process. So when you say you like to get it sketched out, I'm just curious, like, um, for me, sometimes it's like the loosest possible sketch. Like mm-hmm. I'll spend a few seconds drawing mm-hmm. and then can go to the computer right after that. And previously, I think earlier in my career, it was like I wanted it to be super detailed and like this, you know, it was tiny, but it was it was the same thing as yeah. what I produced. So like 
where do you fall on that continuum of how how much do you flesh it out before you put it in the computer? I think um, if I can, I'm usually trying to figure out how things will flow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like um, we're about to get into a whole lot of like UX UI jargon, but you know things like um, personas or buyers journeys, uh, you know things of the nature, site maps. Um, just trying to figure out how how to get the user from point A to point B, mm-hmm. um, you know, just psychologically, like what will they look at? What, what will be the triggers? What will be the call outs that'll take them from the homepage to whatever it is that they're there for, you know, mm-hmm. and, and also trying to keep in mind, like the different type of users that are coming to this place. I mean, because they're going to be some people who are already familiar with this, this company and this product. And there are going to be some people who are, who don't know anything about this thing. So, you know, just trying to keep all those things in mind. And for me, it's just easier to um, just kind of at least sketch a loose layout of, you know, what these pages or what these screens could look like. Um, I think I might go as detailed as like, to, it's usually just a bunch of little crappy boxes. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know, like this, this square with an X inside of it, that's a, that's an image. And yeah. this, and like, we know that. Yeah. You're going to put the title <laughs> in this box. And then like this box that has a bunch of stripes in it, that's body copy. And, you know, so, I mean, I, I think a lot of the same principles that, you know, people have been using for, you know, like print design, you mm-hmm. know, you know, um, um, print layout and things of that nature. Uh, a lot of those principles still, uh, most of those principles still apply um, when it comes to UI, it's, except the only difference now is that you're, uh, you have to be a little bit more intentional uh, with trying to lead a, a person through multiple paths, whereas in print, it, you know, the path is very linear. You know what I mean? Like you're going from the cover, you've only got one way to go, like you're swiping through the pages, unless you, you know, you just go to straight from the table of contents and then flip to the exact yeah. page that you want to mm-hmm. go to, which I guess is kind of like UI, right? Yeah, right. Um, it's like search. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, I think I answered your question. Yeah. Somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can edit this back and, and get the, get the answer. <laughs> well, you know, something else that I just realized is that, you know, Element 3 is a pretty large agency in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. um, but we've got listeners all over the country and international, and so maybe give us a little pitch of, of what E3 is about. Element 3 is digital marketing agency. Um, I feel like, it, at least from what, I've, from what I've seen, just kind of being there, um, we put a lot of stock in strategy. Um, we put a lot of stock in... Um, just figuring out or doing our best to try to figure out who the client is and what, what their needs are. Um, and then, you know, trying to show them some things that can help them uh, to grow their business um, and to, you know, just in general have more value uh, visually to their clients, you know what I mean? Or, or the, the people who interact with their products. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. And I, this is the first place that I've been at where, where we have like a digital marketing team. So like that whole situation is still fairly new to me within the last yeah. year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but since being there, like I very much appreciate um, the fact that there's a whole group of people who like their job is to deal in things like 
SEO and and and, and things of that nature, like mm-hmm. like things that are extremely helpful for getting getting your product to be visible. Like it doesn't matter how beautiful it is. Like well, it does. Beauty matters. Okay, the details matter. <laughs> right. But 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 just as important, you know, you can make a pretty thing all day long. And even, you know, from the web dev standpoint, like we can make something that's super functional all day long. Uh, but if nobody knows how to find it, you know, um, then you kind of SOL, you know. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your apparel company, Black Sheep Collective. And as as we joked uh, at the top of the show, um, <clears throat> coming from, from me, I'm a guy who likes to do all the things. Yeah. And it's it's hard to find time to balance you know, podcasts and jobs and family and, you know, yeah. Never mind if you have a little, little project or something <laughs> else going on. Um, so maybe to start with what inspired you to create your apparel company? What the thing that inspired me to do it is, uh, I had the idea maybe about five or six years ago. Um, just never really acted on it. And, um, I think like I was just trying out a bunch of different things. Um, but a bunch of different side projects that I just knew were the were the one. Like it was mm-hmm. the one. And I think uh, one time I, I had done like this T-shirt. Um, it was just a stupid T-shirt design. It was like a bear wearing a red, uh, wearing a Viking hat, and he was holding a boombox. And he wore a T-shirt that said "Bear with me." <laughs> and <laughs> and I went to this convention, you know, and I made like this little comic book and all this stuff. So like I was just trying to make things just to just to say that I did and then try to sell it just to kind of see what that would be like. <laughs> and, um, we're at our table and people were coming up and they're picking up the shirt. It's like, this is cool. What does it mean? I was like, it's just, it's just a dumb shirt. You know, mm-hmm. like that was pretty much my pitch. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they were like, Oh, okay. So there was like, it was like almost 50, 50. Some people bought it just because it looked nice. And some people bought it and some people didn't buy it because it, it didn't mean anything. Like they wanted it to mean something. All right. And so like that whole concept kind of hit me, you know what I mean? It was like, you know, people more often than not, like they want to have something and they want to wear something that represents something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like all of these t-shirts, all these, or, you know, all these products, whatever the case may be, um, you know, at the end of the day, like it's just balls of cotton. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. nothing like somebody actually stitched this shirt together. Right. But you know, they're not coming to me to buy the t-shirt like they're, they're coming to you to, to buy into an idea like a concept right you know what i mean so so there was that put that to the side then the next <laughs> thing you know again like i was just trying out a bunch of things and they weren't and it, they just weren't working out um and then i wanted to do something that that, that was meaningful you know what i mean like mm-hmm. to me like something that i felt like was fulfilling um something that i felt like uh was positive um uh, I, I knew I wanted to do a project, but but I wanted to do something that um, kind of embodied some ideas and concepts that were important to me. Um, I'm not sure. If, can I talk about faith here? No. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you know, I gotta be <laughs> gotta be careful. Um, but one one thing that is super important to me is you know is my faith, um, my belief in God. Um, uh, I believe that. Um, that there are a lot of concepts, um, you know, if if applied, that they can radically change people's lives for the better. 
um, specifically when we're talking about things like love or or being who you were made to be, um, you know, challenging yourself by, you know, renewing your mind and, and, you know, uh, challenging the status quo around you, um, things of that nature. So especially in comparison to a lot of the negative things that are out there in the world, you know, um, where, you know, we have all this hate that's happening. We have all of this, you know, um, just, uh, just unfairness on, on a very humanistic level. Um, you know, a lot of things, you know, um, promoting like drug abuse and things of that nature, um, especially in, in pop culture, um, you know, just very damaging, poisoning things. And so, uh, yeah, I wanted to make something that um, had these ideas. And so, but on top of that, if I was going to do something that was faith-based, I had to make sure that it wasn't whack. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it couldn't, it couldn't be whack because, you know, when I, when I remember when I had the idea, I kind of started to start, started to immediately throw it away because, you know, most people, they think about Christian art, they automatically deem it as corny. Well, I grew up in the eighties in the church yeah. with Striper. So yeah. I, I, I feel you. <laughs> I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. You know, and plus on top of that, you know, I have, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the arts so I have a lot of friends who aren't this thing. Yeah. And so like, I was also challenging myself, like, am I going to try to hide this? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. is it, you know, is it subtle faith right. messages? Is right. it overt? Is it? Exactly. Right. You know? And, um, and so I feel like I had a challenge to create a product that, um, I guess like my thing wasn't to try to make the Bible cool yeah, or to try to make faith cool. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want like, that's, I think when you do that, that's lame. Um, but to me, I want it to... It's in Proverbs, right? Right. Like trying to make the Bible cool is the root of all lameness or something. Yeah, pretty much. It's <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in there. We're I'm pretty sure. You look it up, listeners. We're I'm sure you'll, you'll find it. <laughs> to me, like the, the, the challenge was to, to take these concepts that mean a lot to me mm-hmm. and to um, kind, of, kind of filter them through my understanding and to do something that is, you know, visually um intriguing um and and just really doing it to the best of my abilities you know what i mean yeah. like the best that i could currently do illustration and design wise um with each product and i mean and i feel like you know if you were to go on my instagram and 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 kind of look at the products from the inception of the instagram on up i personally feel like you can see an evolution mm-hmm. um at least you know that's what i'm trying to do yeah um, just in, in concept and delivery and marketing and in, in the actual product design, um, like, like, like the whole nine yards. So, so yeah, I mean, and I guess I'm just really even more of a proponent that if something does mean a lot to you or if something is important to you, um, you know, you have to do that thing to the best of your ability. Like you can't just phone it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, especially if you're representing an idea that is bigger than you, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't just, you know, I mean, and, and you've seen it, you know, like people will just have like, you know, you know, some scripture and papyrus just don't on a shirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Are there like, it's like something super derivative, Come you know on, what I papyrus. mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's something super derivative, you know, like it'll take something that already exists. Like, you know, uh, oh man, one of the worst ones I've seen is um, 
uh, the Nike sign, and under it it said, he did it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? Like, can't we, like, just start from scratch? You know what I mean? Right. And, like, so I feel like that was also my challenge. Was like, it's easy to take something as popular and to translate it into something of faith. I, I, pers- I mean, I know there's a lane for that. Mm-hmm. I personally feel like that's lame. Um, but I, I would rather just take the creativity and the passion that I feel like I've been gifted with and just to return it back to who I believe created me. So, um, so yeah, I'm sorry. I just turned your podcast to a sermon. (laughs) It's all right, man. That's good advice. So I, you know, you're wearing, wearing your gear today. So representing, I love the mark. I love the, the black sheep logo. Thank you. Um, I'm curious, like, is is there a story behind the mark itself? Is there a story behind the name, or what was kind of the yeah the so impetus of that? It calls you know more sermony talk alert. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, people, but <laughs> uh, so pretty much um, the name Black Sheep, and I get that a lot, even from you know um, Christian folks, and you know just in general, because they're they're just you know uh, intrigued by how I, I thought of a black sheep when it comes to this type of thing. Yeah. But um, so the company is based off of two scriptures, uh, Romans 12 and two, which says to be not conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. First Peter two and nine, um, which talks about how we are a peculiar people, um, uh, a holy nation, um, you know, so I, th- I feel like a major theme just throughout, just throughout faith, in general, so this is kind of like multi-layered. Um, uh, just about faith in general, it's like be set apart. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To be different, to go against the grain, and not necessarily, you know, going with what you might feel is popular. Um, and you know, and just and just setting yourself apart, just in general. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think another part of it, just on a kind of a personal level, is that um, you know, I myself have almost always felt like I was the black sheep of almost every situation. Um, like I felt like regardless of whatever situation or, um, social surrounding I was in, um, there, like I I did not fit in, you know what I mean? Um, you know, when you're a black kid going to a public school and you like things like jazz and anime at the time that stuff's not cool you know what <laughs> right. i mean and, and and you know and in this field that i'm in you know right. i'm usually like one of two or three black people out of like 70 you know what i mean um so there's that or even like at church like i don't think in the super traditional way that a lot of um christians think you mm-hmm. know what i mean um and so uh, even with a lot of that, like I'm an outlier there in my own family. You know what I mean? Like I'm the weird one who wanted to stay inside and read books and to draw while everybody else is outside playing. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, there was a certain point in my life where, um, I tried to force myself to be what I felt like I was expected to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I tried to force myself to be, you know, hard or I tried to force myself to be, you know, just into things that, you know, were popular. Um, and you know, those are some of the most miserable years of my life. And at one day, you know, and, and I was just kind of fighting for like this acceptance, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of human nature to 
want to be a part of a, a tribe. You know what I mean? To, yeah, to, totally. to want to be a part of a group. Um, I mean, e- even on a super like natural level, you know, um, it's it's human nature to shun the ones who don't fit into what your group is. You know right. what I mean? And, you know, and you've seen it like in high school, right. you know, like people are, you know, you're being made fun of because you're not wearing the cool shoes. Right. You know what I mean? Are you being made fun of because you're not playing the sport or, you know what I mean? Like, like, and so, the, and then there's that, that social fear of because I'm doing, because I am something that's unpopular or because I am something that isn't, you know, cool then I will be ridiculed. Or I will be, I will be made fun of and, and I'll be, you know, uh, you know, I'll be excommunicated or whatever right. the case may be. Um, so, you know, there's that fear. But, you know, at some point I just kind of said to myself, you know, this is who God made me to be. I like these things. This is who I am. You know what I'm saying? Um, this, these are things that I like to do. And um, almost immediately, as soon as I did that, like I, I just had confidence in who I was and and, and, and what I was. And, and it was super comfortable not being labelable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that I started to get the type of attention that I always wanted. But at that time, like, but at that point, you know, I, did, I mean, I didn't need it anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, and then the the tribe starts to form um, of people who who do understand where you're coming from or who do accept your your ideas or your concept or the people who just genuinely respect and believe what is it you got going on? Um, and so, so yeah, so the whole concept of the black sheep has, has been kind of resonating with me kind of most of my life. Um, and you know, the more I have this conversation, the more I realize that most people feel as though they are the black sheep as well. Like I think I'm just doing a whole lot of rambling and I'm sorry. No, it's good. (laughs) But (laughs) I love hearing the story, but, um, I think a big part of it is um, something called um, imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. where most people feel like, you know, pretty much what imposter syndrome is, is you feel like you are undeserving of what you have or where you are and um, you will be found out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the rocks will be thrown and yeah. you'll be cast. You'll be cast <laughs> out. You know what I mean? If they knew who I really was. <laughs> right. Yeah. If they knew that I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like how many situations have we been in where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And if they know, if they find that out, <laughs> you know Here's what the mean? secret, kids. This is episode 120. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and that's the thing, you know, I feel like this whole, this whole thing is like just starting the conversation of honesty you know what i mean like um transparency you know saying being the one to initiate you know the whole concept of i don't know what i'm doing i uh i you know i feel like this i feel like that Mm -hmm. like you're starting the conversation and i feel like you know that's where the collective comes in because it's like you're finding your tribe of people who also feel like they don't belong which is most people yeah you know I think I got all. I think I got you know, all it's it's out. interesting, especially on the web today. The more it seems to me that the more niche that you get, and and sorry for our listeners who are not in the Midwest, we say niche and not niche. <laughs> and I, I my I firm belief that you have to have your pinky out, especially if you're holding a drink, <laughs> if you say niche. Um, but I think to find your 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 people on the web, like the yeah. more specific you get, you would think that's going to attract just the tiniest amount of people. But I think that's when you attract 
a passionate group mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. And then it's more likely that people who maybe just kind of identify with that also go, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe all of those things don't resonate with me, but that thing about the black sheep, like I feel like that or like, yeah. I, so I think that's so interesting that when you really kind of stake out a space and say, this is what we're about. Like that's the thing that's going to get far more passionate response than just, we made another apparel company. Yeah. Like, like it's tough to stand out amongst the sea of like another apparel company. It's true. It's so true. I mean, especially when, you know, and again, just go back to the internet thing. Like we, we live, we live in a time where, you know, the entire world is, you know, your neighborhood now. Mm-hmm. And what was once, you know, quote unquote niche, you've got millions of people who, like that super specific mm-hmm. thing. I think right. I heard Gary Vaynerchuk say something to the effect of like, when it comes to these types of things, like to go deep and not wide, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. it's like dig, dig deeper into the concept and, and into the idea, you know what I mean? And everything that you do, try to make sure you go back to that, to go back to that thing. But, you know, going back to what you're talking about, as far as like trying to stand out, you know, man, like I was saying earlier, like I, I feel like it's so easy to, take the easy way out and then just wide, just wide to ride the wave yeah. of what's popular. You know, it might, and, and, and you know, and it might even be beneficial financially in the beginning because everybody's all about that thing. You know what I mean? But then as soon as that fad is over, you know, you're back at square one or, or you're trying to find the next wave. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like and maybe it's just def- the defiance in me. Uh, maybe it's just, the I feel like, I'm like a quiet rebel, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would rather be the wave starter, you know what I'm saying? Or at least one of the wave starters, um, than to, you know, just try to, that's just lazy. It's lazy mm-hmm. to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like there are certain aspects to, you know, an industry that, um, are standard, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I, f- I feel like, you know, just, just, you know, kind of how art art works in general, like before you've, find a style let's learn the principles yeah right first you know what i'm yeah. saying like let's let's find out what the rules are yeah learn and, how to use the tools learn the basics right like, you know what i'm saying why do you know even when it came to fashion like i'm a graphic designer you know honestly like i'm still trying to get used to the whole fashion designer thing um but you know i had to learn the hard way like why people do things seasonally Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to find out the hard way why you only, you know, do so many colors on, on so many shirts and, <laughs> right. you know, the type of shirts that people buy. You know what I mean? Like I had to learn, I had to learn something the hard way. You know what I mean? You know, I came in, I came in out, out of the gate like, I'm going to switch up the whole game. Yeah. I'm going to be so disruptive. I didn't know anything, you know? <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I know more than every other fashion brand ever. Right. And I'm going to do it different. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, um, I think for me, you know, this thing, I'm I'm in the long game, you know what I mean? It's a marathon, not a sprint, you know, and um, I think a part of that is just, you know, finding something you love, you know, I, I love, I love fashion, I love the concepts of faith, I love illustration, I love design, um, I feel like, you know, t-shirts are, are, are low-hanging fruit when it comes to those things, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the next thing we're, we're going to start doing is like pins and, um, more stickers and things yeah. of that nature just to kind of you know more tangibly spread this idea um and uh yeah that's cool so you touched on this a little bit i know this is something you're you're passionate about but 
Man, I remember back in, it was probably 2004 at an AIGA national conference. It was in Vancouver. Um, I, I went by myself. I'd never been to one. Mm-hmm. And one of the big topics that we were talking about was the lack of diversity in the design profession. Yeah. And here we are 15 years later. We've got a whole other generation of designers in the workforce. And we haven't really moved the needle yet. So um, I'd just love to hear your take on this. And um well, since you asked, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I've been in the professional workforce, um, I would say since about, I mean, I've been freelance since, since 2007, mm-hmm. um, but I've been like doing agency life ish since 2011. Yeah. And my, my hypothesis is this. There was a certain point in time where certain types of people were being purposefully kept out of what you would consider white collar jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, Time goes on. A good chunk of people start to wake up and say, that's not right. That's not fair. That's not cool. So some of them start to show up. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But one thing that I've also learned about this particular industry is what you can do is important, but it's also really about who you know. So even on a, you know, still kind of dealing with the legacy issues of letting certain people out and keeping certain people out. Right. um, If you're only, if you're only um, hiring people that you know, are you getting people hired that you know and most of those people were white already then like, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. like, so like we're still kind of perpetuating this legacy issue of, you know, this, uh, what was just a super racist thing Mm -hmm. earlier, right? but just unintentionally is happening now. You know what I mean? Sort of the artifacts of things that were going on in the culture before and right. Intentional or not, they're still around. I mean like that thing, like those things happen, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like Jim Crow happened, like, you know, these, these law, like there's even in some neighborhoods where, you know, it's written in the laws to not, to not let black families or Mexican families live live in that area. You know what I mean? Like, like that happens, you know, like that Mm -hmm. happened, like that's an actual thing. You can go look it up podcast people. (laughs) It's what the internet's for. Yeah. I mean, but you know, um, times have changed, you know, people of color, um, are, you know, are, are getting more, um, opportunities to do things. Um, but you know, still when it comes to an industry at large, you know, we're still dealing with the echoes of, um, an extremely racist past that America was built on. Um, you know, and I, I don't think it, I don't, you know, at my standpoint is now is that I don't think it's anything malicious, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, you know, in most of the places that I've worked or most of the people that I've worked with, uh, you know, they really could care less what color I am. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, even at the place I work at now, I'm one of two black people. Um, and there's like 70 people who work there and no one has ever been like overtly racist towards me. You know yeah. what I mean? Or are malicious or, you mm-hmm. know, or anything like that. Right. Um, so, but you know, we're just, we're just still kind of dealing with the legacy issue of, you know, hiring friends and, 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 and things of that nature. I mean, cause right. if, even if we be honest, I benefited from that situation. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who worked at element three. They were looking for another UI designer. He knew me, 
from a previous job. And so he recommended me. Yeah. Right. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I just happen to be black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so, so, so that's what I think. I think that it is, it is changing, but I think slowly though, um, very slowly. Um, I think, you know, uh, as, as time goes on and as things go on, especially in the new, in the new internet era that we're in, especially when, when we're dealing with people are, um, being a lot more agile with their companies, you know, not really having buildings, everybody's working from home. Are you just mm-hmm. a straight up freelancer or a contractor or whatever, you know, more often than not, you know, as long as you can deliver, you know what I mean? As long as you have something that you can do something that, that, that people like, they don't care what you look like. You know what I mean? Like, you know, even when I was doing full-time freelance, there are some people who I've never met, like physically, never shaking hands, never saw yeah. their faces. You know what I mean? Um, I've only ever met them through email or Slack or, or you know, Messenger or whatever. Um, and their money was still green. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, um, you know, I saw this article. Um, I didn't click through and read it. That came over on the, the news app on on my phone last night and was talking about how so many teens right now are quote unquote dating who like maybe met once briefly or maybe have never met and they consider that to be their boyfriend or girlfriend. And that's, it's a mostly or entirely virtual relationship, which is, it's real. It's wild. It's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like especially in the position that I'm in, like I, I have a big family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the oldest of seven, uh, nine, uh, I'm oldest of nine. Um, <laughs> and See, guys, when you don't know how many siblings you have, that, <laughs> that's how you know it's a real big family. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's seven or nine? Yeah. And my dad is like number 11 out of like 13 kids. Oh, wow. On average, each one of those people have like maybe like three to five kids, but I have an uncle who has like 17. Hmm. And then I go to, you know, a, uh, my church. My church is pretty much my family too. Yeah. And so you kind of vicariously get to live multiple lives through all of these relationships. All right. Um, and so I, I have a, well, I guess I consider him to be a cousin. Um, he has a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, a, he's in high school and he has a girlfriend who lives somewhere else who he has a relationship with and it's, and it's completely virtual and he has real feelings for this person. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't know. It's weird because it's like, it's a lot of things that like, you know, if I didn't know these people, it'd be like, okay. Yeah. But when you like, but like when you see it, it's like, yeah. And you know him and you know what he's about. It's not just like some, yeah. some kid in an article by the New York times. This is like, right. Like this family. is a real person. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like who, who is dating a real person virtually? You know what I mean? Um, I guess that's just the times that we live in now. Right. I don't know. I mean, I think for some people, virtual, reality and, and the internet they're just as real as you know irl you know so. yeah so see how this works as a segue so when we talk about all these virtual relationships and clients that you've never met um i know something that's important to you is is having impact in your local community mm-hmm. so i know you've done some stuff with um as i have with bigger picture show for indie film fest and and also for pattern magazine here recently talk a little bit about like some of the local other projects that you're a part of yeah i think um i've been intentionally trying to be more active in in my community um you know i feel like indianapolis gets a bad rap as far as like 
people thinking that it's behind and people thinking that it's not as, you know, big or as important as some of these other larger towns or cities. And, you know, I, I'll even get people who say things like there's nothing to do here. You know what I mean? There's nothing here. Um, but they've never done anything, yeah, you know? Right. And so, um, I, I've been doing my best within the last couple of years to kind of prove that stuff wrong. You know what I mean? Um, Indianapolis is a gorgeous city. Um, that, that, you know, the art community is growing and it's vast. Mm-hmm. And I personally feel as though there's some type of Midwestern renaissance that is happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I definitely, and that's, and this is what we were talking about earlier. Like, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be behind the curve or, 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 you know, behind the wave. Like I want to be one of the ones who helps to start that wave, you know? Yeah. And so a couple of projects that I, that I've done within the last year or so, like I've worked with, let's say it's, is it Monon? Um, they had like this um, poster exhibition thing where we had to like take different existing art pieces on, mm-hmm. on the Monon trail and translate those. I did a piece um, for the, the walk, don't walk sign oh, cool. uh, on uh, Mass Ave, um, which is like all these little robots. Right. And they're all like going one way and it said oh wait it's not walk or don't walk it's care don't care that's what it is okay and so you have like they all like have like a face that says don't care they're yeah. going one way and there's like a little red one going the other way that says care which i guess goes back to the whole black sheep thing <laughs> it's like it's like a thing for it's me all fits your brand yeah it does um, <laughs> man i feel like am i one note i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> aren't we all though yeah we got, we all got, I guess we all got a thing. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. And I've been um, doing the bigger picture show for four years now, mm-hmm. um, which I absolutely love. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I absolutely love movies. Like, I feel like I should have been like a filmmaker in another life. Like I love movies. Like when, like when I'm eating lunch, I'm watching movie reviews. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I'm like, I'm always in the theater. You know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, drawing, you know, or, or designing a poster of, uh, of some of my favorite movies, I would have done that for free. You right. know what I mean? Which I guess I still technically am with, with the bigger picture <laughs> right. show. But like. Turns out you do get to do that for free. <laughs> <laughs> but but they do pay you in Indie Film Fest tickets, which yes. I definitely like to take advantage of. I didn't this year because um, uh, something that me and my wife are doing through Startup 317. Um, which I guess I could talk about a little bit too. Yeah. Um, and what else? I feel like it's something else. Oh, Pattern, Pattern mm, Magazine. Yeah, right. Um, uh, Pauline. Tell, yeah, tell our listeners a little bit about what Pattern is, because that may not register. Pattern is like, well, this is a non-for-profit, um, fashion community entity. Um, they have a magazine, uh, which is gorgeous. I mean, just beautiful. Yeah, it wins awards every single year. Just oh, amazing man. work. It's so good. Um, the the photography is great. The models are, are great. Um, the design is great. The illustrations are great. Um, That's what I heard. Might have done <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and so uh, just this past well, a few a few months ago, um, Paulina asked me to. Paulina is the person over uh, pattern. She's super dope. You're dope, Paulina, if you're listening. <laughs> um, and she asked me to do um, an, uh, an illustration for their music, um, their music edition magazine, um, the one that that they just dropped. Um, and so I absolutely did. 
um, and they had like a launch party and stuff. And I felt like one of the most uncool people there, but I was so grateful to be there. <laughs> Everybody's so swaggy. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here, <laughs> but I'm happy I was invited. That's um, awesome. And uh, yeah. And I guess to kind of segue from that, um, with the whole black sheep thing, our, you know, our fashion brand, um, we've been involved in uh, Patterns Street Expo that they have every year. Uh, I think this will be our, this will be our third year. Um, we've done it for the last two years, where they have a lot of local brands come out and you know show what they've got going on as far as fashion mm-hmm. is concerned. Um, and it's really you know it's just a really cool funky thing to see. You know, like they got a DJ and people are dancing and they're on hors d'oeuvres and people making some of the craziest things that you've ever seen. Um, and it's just really cool to be a part of that too. And Another segue from that um, pattern, and I want to say Indie Chambers, they came together to do this initiative called Startup 317, where they um, pretty much allow for, you know, brands to uh, occupy a retail space for an entire month. Mm. And so for the month of May, um, our brand, Black Sheep Collective, was selected um, to be a part of this thing. And so... Uh, my my wife, she's awesome. She's currently running that store, um, like oh, sweet. with actual store hours. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's open now for yeah. a month. Yep. Okay. We're gonna be we're gonna be there till June first. Um, I don't know when this podcast is gonna come out, so it might be over by then. But I don't know. But just in case it's not. Yeah. Right. Um, come on through. We'll be there from Tuesday through Saturday. Um, we're on normal business. Normal, normal store hours like 11 to like 7 or 9 and the address is 602 North Park Avenue um, you know just come by say hi pick up some things sweet um, maybe we can talk a little bit about um, about rough spots so like um, when you get stuck or you have a difficult project or a client you're not connecting with what do you do to come out of that? What's your, what's that look like for you? Hmm. That's kind of hard, especially when you're dealing with a client because it's like, well, I don't know. I, I like to think of myself as a pretty honest person. And, you know, I think communication is very key in any relationship, mm-hmm. especially a client one. Um, kind of how I've done things in the past and even still now for little small freelance products I do on the side. Um, you know, I think it's super important to, to set a foundation, you know, or a list of expectations, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do my best to try to make them just as responsible as me. You know what I mean? Like, like this is give and take, you know, yeah. like I know you came to me for a thing, but in order for me to be able to accomplish my goal, I also need you to provide some things. Right. And, if left to my own devices, this will happen in the time frame that you want it to. Yeah. But, um, if you can't keep up your end of the deal, it, it will be late. Yeah. You know what I mean? So holding them responsible and even putting that stuff in writing too, just in case they forget. Right. And <laughs> yes, use contracts, kids. <laughs> um, I think another part of it is, um, setting limitations. Um, you know, you, you know, because I think, having those types of things in writing um it keeps both parties accountable you know one doesn't feel like they're screwing over the other or even if one is trying to screw over the other there's this concrete thing that you've already signed 
that says that I will not do this or I will do mm-hmm. this. Right. And so, especially like when it comes to like things like changes, like you only get so many changes within these different stages of the design, um, of the design journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, if, you know, if you want to exceed those, I don't like saying no, you know what I mean? Like I'll say something to the effect of anything is possible, but you know, this is, could be a fairly expensive route for you given the budget that you, that you right. spoke to me about, you know, and you know, a lot of clients change their tune when money's involved. Um, so I don't know. I try to do my best to keep it very matter of fact, very, almost robotish like we can be like we could be chill and be friends and talk and things of yeah. that nature but when it comes to like the business part of it is like i don't know i've been doing this a little while and so i've been burnt mm-hmm. i've been burnt a lot and so i've kind of built up these processes when it comes to dealing with the client yep. um so that so that it doesn't get there and so in the past when it has gotten there i either ate that project you know what i mean right like i just took it or i i fired them mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like this isn't working out for me gonna have to let you go mm-hmm. um especially in, in situations where you you know where you just know that you're being abused you know what i mean where the, you know you know they're taking advantage of you right um and in the beginning which is tough when it's something you're passionate about because yeah. you're like oh man i get to make this cool mark for you mm-hmm. and now you're on revision 752 and you're like well this is less cool now <laughs> kind of like my seven-year-old you know if you <laughs> oh, yeah. if you let him get away with a little bit and let him get away with a little bit more you're not going to win that battle. You got to, you got to be a, like you said, you got to have it in writing. You got to be up front. You got to tell them, okay, it's like, it's like a math problem. I don't know what this is called, but in math you have this, if then, yeah, so this is like conditional if, yeah, if this logic. Like, this is, this is what right. will happen. So if, you know what I mean? if it exceeds this, then here's the remedy. Right. And so, like you said, you don't have to be all emotional or, you know, fired up about it. You can just say, well, this, this is what we agreed to. Yeah. And just here recently, uh, me and my wife, we got legal shield, and so um, I now have the power to send people to collections, <laughs> and that is a very powerful weapon. To have. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, lawyer up, do contracts, all that good jazz. I mean, because right. in the beginning, you know, when you're doing design, illustration, and things of that nature, especially like just like you said, like you're doing something that you love. Um, you know, you want everybody to be friends. This is cool. This is fun. You know what I mean? And, right. and you don't want them to feel like you don't trust them. And, yeah. you know, and it's all about that. Like, you just want to be friends. And, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere along the way, you just learn that you can't, like, you just can't be, like, not on that level. Like, maybe you can feel like you're friends. That helps a mm-hmm. relationship. Right. But I feel like somewhere in there, you just, there needs to be a reminder that, you know, we're, we're cool. Yeah. But you pay me to do a thing. And, you know, and sometimes I've gotten super personal. Like, I remember, you know, even here recently, people would just be asking me to do things for free. And I, I do free things every now and then for people that I care about, mainly because dealing with family and friends is rough when it comes to money. Yeah, right. Um, like, 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 the whole concept is uncomfortable. So I'd rather mm-hmm. do it for free or not do it at all. Um, but, they, they, but then there have been people who don't know me. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll ask for free things or, you know, I've got this idea um you can get in on the ground yeah, floor right. of, exactly. you know what i mean and you know if it goes then you can be making this much money you right. can get a percentage and i'm like uh no you know what i mean <laughs> right. and so i think i think with things like that man um but things like that it's just i don't know just the audacity i think yeah what, it's, it's what's the saying it's the 
good fences make good neighbors or something. And I, I think it's the same with contracts and clients. Like yeah. do the negotiating up front, figure out like it doesn't mean you have to be rigid. Like you could you could make exceptions or you could decide it's gonna work differently with this particular client. Mm-hmm. But yeah, figure that stuff out yeah. way up front and and don't get to don't put yourself in a position that then you have to try to figure it out later. Like yeah. even even if it's uncomfortable with a with a friend or somebody you know, like make them and, and you know, talk through the contract. Like, mm-hmm. here's what this means. This is what this means. Yeah, yeah right. So it's not yeah. just lobbing a PDF at them over right. the internet. It's you know, yeah. let's let's talk through this. Because I want them, I want them to feel like I don't. My my biggest thing when it comes to relationships is obviously I want them to trust me. You know what I mean? Like, if you have trust, then you you everything will go so much more smoothly. And um, if you are doing things to make someone not trust you, that's going to be an extremely um, painful experience. Um, but, you know, with some with some bad clients, man, like I've had to just break character, mm-hmm. you know, and just be like, listen, I do this for a living. This is how I make money. Yeah. I can't like this is time. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is time I'm taking away from my family, time I'm taking away from things that are actually paying. And you, someone who I barely know, you're asking me to sacrifice my time to make your thing this is how i pay my bills yeah right. you know what i mean like how would you feel if you were in this situation mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i've had to break character like this like i know you just see me as this machine who could just make a thing but i'm a person you know what i mean who yeah. has to live and has to yeah. provide this you know is what my I mean? livelihood so yeah so this is a little bit of a uh a quick segue but um I'm curious, especially coming up or maybe even today, if you've got other designers you look up to or any design heroes. Um, you know, I've listened to a few a few of these shows. I knew you were gonna ask this question. <laughs> and I thought I was gonna be super prepared. <laughs> but just some that kinda come off the top of my head, I think from a art business standpoint, um I have been listening to Andy J. Miller for the last few years. Um, he, you know, we have very different styles, but his, uh, he has this podcast called, um, the pep talk podcast. Uh huh. Um, yeah. And this is Andy pizza, right? Andy J pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a, a, I think a future guest on obsessed show. We're, we're talking to him right now. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, he has a super great positive attitude. He has, um, a past and an upbringing that's very similar to mine. Um, he, uh, you know, listening to his podcast, it really started to turn the wheels for me as, you know, I can be a businessman and an artist at the same time without having to sacrifice artistry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Art, you know, um, just being more business minded in general, which is a super uncomfortable thing to be when you are an artist. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you want to give this thing that you do and you love away for free, but you know, you also have a uh, uh, a skill that adds value to people's companies. Yeah. Um, that could also, you know, help to give you a more comfortable livelihood. You know, so right. so just with that in general, like, um, he's 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 been one of the biggest influences on me as far as like, um business is concerned and art is concerned artists how to approach it in general and just you know um i feel like this is a giant commercial for him but 
but like his podcasters in general, like the people who he's had on, or even a lot of the things that he talks about. I mean, he, he gets very vulnerable about stress and about, mm-hmm. um, you know, things of that nature. So, um, this, you know, I've been able to kind of use him as a, as a, as a measure, as a measuring tool in some aspects, especially when I was doing, doing freelance full time. Um, I think from a like fashion business standpoint, um, there are two people, two companies that, um, I really love and that's, uh, Johnny Cupcakes and Ugmunk. Um, again, like our styles are super different, but it's like just their, both of their, um, uh, inability to want to be like everyone else yeah, and taking a very different approach to, um, what most deem, uh, are, you know, supposed to be the norms in fashion. Um, like they just, they found their group, they found their tribe, they found the people who are into the thing that they're super passionate about. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And they're making awesome things, you know what I mean? Um, so I think, yeah. Those those people and then like, I guess there's there's a list, there's a list that's for me. Um, <laughs> you thought you weren't prepared, right? Um, there are two um, African American um, artists that I've been looking up to for years. One is one is his name is Lashawn Thomas. He's done like character design for um, uh, the Boondocks, and he's done um, storyboarding and character design for um uh avatar the last airbender uh one of the first examples that i've seen of of, of an african-american uh living and working um in in the arts and you know pretty much living out their dreams in an industry that's not predominantly black you know um and uh, very last one that i can think of uh his name is ronald wimberly um and he is a comic artist and a character designer and uh kind of an activist as well mm-hmm. um you know where he just he speaks his mind through through his art um you know and wh- whether you agree with it or not like you, you you have to almost respect it you know what i mean because like he brings such high craftsmanship to express these ideas you know um which is um has been an influence on me for black sheep you know what i mean um to you know if i'm, if I'm going to do something or i'm going to say something do it very seriously take it very seriously and, and, and to, you know, even if you don't agree with the idea, you're still going to at, at least appreciate how it was made and how it looks. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. So I've got to ask you the, uh, the theme question because we ask every guest on the show, which is, mm-hmm. um, what do you find that you are most obsessed with right now? And I knew you were going to ask that too. <laughs> Um, I would say the thing that I'm most obsessed with right now is, I guess it's twofold. I'm obsessed with two things. The first thing is I'm obsessed with, um, physical products. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, I feel like graphic design is such a, such a wide range you know, there's such a wide range of things that you can do, um, or a wide range of people who can consider themselves graphic designers, mm-hmm. but there's so many different avenues for that. Um, you know, whether it be just purely digital, 
whether it be web, whether it be, you know, physical things. And so, um, you know, print. And so for me right now, um, since starting Black Sheep Collective, I genuinely get a high seeing people who don't know me Mm -hmm. wear my thing, take a picture in it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the thing they're proud of. Or they or people who live here and they don't know that I'm coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're wearing my thing and like and not just wearing it like around the house, but like they're putting an outfit together. You know what I mean? Like the shoes match. There's a hat involved. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) like they gave very serious thought. You know what I mean? And 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 they and they wanted my artwork on their body and and it's important to them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and you know, really just um and not even just people like appreciating the art, but like really resonating with ideas, you know what I mean? Um, especially like the concepts about love, mm-hmm. um, concepts about um, you know, not having to be like someone else or to be like everybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, really resonating like like these shirts mean something to them way past just fashion, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, I'm 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 pretty uh obsessed with that. Um I'm always I, I've got like a whole you know I've got like a whole list of ideas um and sketches and concepts and still really just learning and figuring out this fashion thing and so it's been it's been fun um to figure out um where I can push and how and how I can move and and evolve that um so that's one obsession. I think another obsession for me, just on the on the UI standpoint, um, is uh, I feel like UI is still a fairly new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and it's ever evolving. And so just watching a lot of uh, you know, I'm on Dribble and Moosley. I think that's how you say it. Um, <laughs> and like, you know, so getting these newsletters and, and getting on these posts and things of that nature, um, seeing those people and what they're doing as far as like things like micro interactions and animations and transitions and things of that nature, um, really wanting to learn more about those to just kind of enhance the user, user experience way past just wireframes and, um, and, um, you know, static mockups. Um, things that'll um, give a client uh, a closer look to what's possible without a- without actually having to do the development work mm-hmm. um, up front. Yeah, you know. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the the next wave that I'm on. It's just really just you know uh, wanting to get more involved in that. Um, I think may- you know maybe a part two of that is there here recently there's been this uh heavy involvement of illustration with web design yeah like it's been it's been a a pretty major wave um you know uh, a couple of examples that i i wouldn't even say here recently maybe it was in the last couple of years but i think people are just not realizing it but people are using more illustration in their websites people are using more illustration in their in their you know product design mm-hmm. um because it just adds character and it adds um value it, it makes the interaction more pleasurable Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about companies like Dropbox, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like their website is pretty much, I mean, they're a giant flash drive. You know what I mean? Like that's what they are. Right. You know what I mean? But they look fun. You know what I mean? Like the, all these little illustrations, all these little designs, like 
that you know that it makes you think of them as more than just more than just storage for your stuff you know what yeah I mean? absolutely or or even like mailchimp you know like they are very heavy in illustration um and and animation and things of that nature they even got little games you know what i mean so like right. they, they've been you able get to the high five when you send the email right like yeah. they, they even have like a mobile game for that yeah you know and so nice. asana is another one so i use that yeah. for like my master to do so i've got to do's in base camp i've got to do's in trello i've got to do's everywhere but asana yeah. is like how i make sense of life yes and you click those <laughs> things off and a unicorn flies across your screen to celebrate that you got a thing done like right it doesn't matter how many times i see it it still brings a little bit of joy to my day to that's see fun a narwhal or a unicorn <laughs> <laughs> zoom across the screen yeah and so i don't know i'm trying to figure out a way to be more a part of that too you know what yeah, i mean like right. that's the thing that's a need you know what i mean right um people are, are, are wanting to enhance um the value of their products and they're using illustration i think i think it's really cool and very beneficial for somebody like me who does both (laughs) so so yeah so um as we start to wrap this up um i want to see if you've got a favorite piece of advice that you've received or maybe your favorite piece of advice to pass on to young designers i've just been like a sponge of inspirational quotes and things of that nature. So I felt like now I'm just like this giant soup of those things. You got to um, weed through all the papyrus first though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Throw all, all the papyrus. Um, but I think just very practically, my advice would be um, to work hard. You know what I mean? Like just really as simple as that. Like, yeah. think, you know, we can have ideas... You can have a great idea all day long. You can have a great concept all day long. Um, But, you know, things will only manifest if you act. And you have, and and there's, and trying to look for the easy way out or trying to look for the easy pill um, to make that thing happen, the, the get rich quick scheme, they almost always blow up in people's faces. You know, I feel like there's real value to just, just doing your 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 homework doing your research um and you know genuinely physically building a thing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um just work like don't skimp you know um i remember being i think one of my biggest regrets when it comes to college is i feel like i would do just enough yeah you know what i mean like just get it done yeah just to get it done or just Mm -hmm. to get the grade or just to get out of the class or just to graduate um but, you know, you, you find out a lot of things about yourself when it comes to that. And those become really, really difficult habits to break um, when you're a professional. Um, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, when it comes to this field, um, your whole entire career is built on your reputation. Yeah. And especially in a, in a market as a market as small as Indianapolis, where everybody knows everybody, you know, you can, you know just like what we were talking about earlier, you know what I mean? Like you can get a job or not get a job solely based on your reputation. You know what I mean? Um, and if you have a reputation for doing just enough or just slacking off or, you know what I'm saying? Being anything but a hard worker and somebody who's, um, you know, not difficult to deal with, you know, you could end up, you know, 
working at Staples or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, so yeah, man, just just work hard. I, I would say work hard. Don't try to skimp. Um, and uh, just be a decent person. Because I've seen, I've been in a few situations myself where I know I was underqualified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know it for a fact. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, I was I was able to stay because I was just, you know, easy to deal with. Right. I was willing to learn. You know what I'm saying? And on it and vice versa, I've seen people who are absolute rock stars. Mm-hmm. Some of the best designers and illustrators who I've ever seen in my entire life. But they were divas. You know what I mean? And they're just right. super difficult to deal with. You know what I mean? So now now it's this talent just kinda of wasting away. Or they're forced forced to do freelance on their own, maybe. Right. You know what I mean? Because they're just they're just hard to deal with, you know. So don't be hard to deal with, work hard. Those are my those are my pieces of advice. Good stuff. Well, Byron, before we let you go, um, tell us where we can find you and Black Sheep Collective online and how we can track you down on the interwebs. Sure. Um for back for Black Sheep Collective, my the fashion brand um is B L K S H P C O on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter blksphpco.com for um the website and for if you just kind of want to check out some of my my arts um it's studio blkshpco on instagram and studio blkshpco i'm sorry no studio blkshp on instagram and studio blkshp dot com on on the internets well in case that wasn't crystal clear we will link to all of that stuff yeah in the show notes i'm sorry course. yeah the names are long so i try yeah. to like condense them like you can only have so many letters yeah on the, on <laughs> and, yeah yeah and they're trying to keep it all consistent which is how we became obsessed show in the first place but uh <laughs> like, wait a minute we can't work the design word in there so yeah um that's cool, man. Um, this has been a pleasure sitting down with you, getting to know you, and uh, chat in person. So thanks for being here today. Same. Ditto. And thanks for being obsessed with design. Okay, kids, that is show number 120 officially in the books. For all of today's show notes, head over to obsessedshow.com. As we expand our topics here at Obsessed Show, please tweet at Obsessed Show and let me know who else you think we should talk to. Do you want to hear from video people, from authors, from painters? What kind of creators and creatives and makers are most interesting to you? Because that's who I want to interview on this show. Don't forget to check out that new 59 Second Friday series all about personal branding and marketing on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash Josh Miles. And it would mean a lot to me if you just hit that subscribe button. Every subscriber means a lot. You can get all of today's show notes on our website, still at obsessedshow.com. And if you haven't already while you're there, add your email address to our newsletter. I'll update you on some of my favorite new episodes and some cool things I find in my daily obsessions. Of course, all the links are over at obsessedshow.com to all the places you can find this show, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify. So no matter where you find your podcasts, chances are you can listen to Obsessed Show from there. Just head over to obsessedshow.com. Obsessed Show learned the value of hard work at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Visit milesherndon.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.